Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sustainable Finance Podcast, where you can expand your sustainable and ESG opportunities with insights from leaders in the field. I'm Paul Ellis, your host for these weekly conversations about developments in this fast-growing industry. I've been looking forward to this podcast conversation with Asia Williams for some time. Williams is the founder and CEO of Impact Vest and believes that investing in ESG mission-driven enterprises leads to a world that is more inclusive, reduces the global inequality and equity gap, and mobilizes finance in new ways focused on sustainable growth. Williams has significant experience working within the public sector and is acutely aware of the key role that public-private capital market partnerships play in steering socially responsible investment decisions to support the achievement of the UN 2030 development goals. She also believes in integrating ESG criteria into investment decisions for the lasting benefit of both clients and society at large. Hello, Asia, and welcome to the Sustainable Finance Podcast. Thank you, Paul. It's such a pleasure to be on the program. Good. Well, I'm glad that we are talking today. And let's begin our conversation by giving our listeners some context for the launch of Impact Vest, including the importance of having institutional alliances and backing, as well as industry credentials before launching a startup in the world of sustainable finance. And this is especially true today, Aisha, I believe, uh, as sustainable and impact investing are gaining more assets under management and regulatory relevance across the industry. Yes, well, thank you. I'm, I, it's, it's been a long road to get to impact investing, uh, but it really started when I was a U.S.-born scholar. I have worked all over the world. Um, I completed about eight years of service in the Department of Defense, and I've lived on all continents. I've spent about now 15 years abroad. So uh, it really started there, on the ground, um, doing a lot of outreach work and working through the red tape that you find a lot working in the public sector and feeling really frustrated that there were so many people, there were so many amazing entrepreneurs who wanted to launch their ideas, right? They, they saw the challenges in the cities that they lived in, sanitation, clean energy, uh, lack of education, uh, and, and they really wanted to solve it, but there was a lack of resources and, and often uh, the pipeline isn't there. It's hard to actually reach impact investors or you have to go through uh, the, the mayor or you have to kind of work through a lot of red tape. So. Uh, once I finished my service, I had the choice of either staying in the foreign service or exploring the private sector. So I went to China. I had I had been there already in my service, but now I was working in the private sector, and I that started my journey into impact investing because uh, it it stayed with me actually working with so many individuals who are so close to poverty or who really wanted to solve um, the problems that they saw droughts and floods that would affect crops, right? So, so you know, it's when, when we're kind of in the Western world and the US and Europe, 
um, you know, it's, it's, we, we don't really feel the direct effects of climate change, uh, but you definitely do when you go into a lot of parts of the world. So that, so that stayed with me. And I wanted to explore how it looks on the private equity side about redirecting capital or mobilizing private capital to the people who need it most. And so that was my pathway into impact investing. Um, and, and I often feel that more people should have this experience, especially advisors, uh, because when you've had the on the ground experience of being very frustrated uh, that there are people with amazing ideas with companies who just can't get it off the ground that would be able to solve a lot of the global challenges that we face. Um, and then you move to the private equity side and we're going to speak later about ESG integration. And I often feel as an advisor that it's just not enough, right? It, like we, we really have to go further on the investment spectrum to really make an impact. So this was the creation of Impact Vest that I thought if we can create a pipeline connecting uh, startups, early stage startups, specifically in the emerging markets to impact investors, um, maybe investing small amounts, right? This is, uh, and, and then I would like to build a fund later using the Impact Vest brand. Uh, but this is, this is the idea to mobilize private capital. There, there is about 500 billion impact investment assets under management, which is a very small portion of global assets under management. Um, but, it, but it's incredible to think, what if we could mobilize even 5% more of global assets under management, 10% more, 20% more, right? To kind right. of move, move the needle, right? So, that's, so that, that's what I'm really passionate about. 500 billion sounds like a big number, right? But we have trillions, <laughs> trillions under global assets under management. And um, it's what it, what it takes is really redefining what, in, what finance and investment actually is. So, so I, I do think that my experience in the public sector um, and, and doing my service really gives me another viewpoint into impact investing because it's, because it's very different when you're sitting there and you're speaking to someone and they've lost their crops because of right. climate change, right? So, so that is, and you're, and you're sitting there and you're seeing it and, and, and you're thinking, well, you know, we have so much wealth in this world. Why do these, why, why is this here? So why, why, why is it that we have so much poverty? Why is it that we have um, a lack of food supply in so many places? So, so uh, that's, that was the creation of Impact Fest that's been in my mind for a long time. I launched it and um, I'm very excited to build the brand and, and to be part of mobilizing capital. That's fantastic. It sounds like you're off to a really good start uh, with your, your launch, Asia. And tell me, where are you finding investors who are really focusing on this type of impact investment strategy? Because when I talk to financial advisors, 
first of all, I, I agree with you that most advisors don't have direct experience of, of this uh, right. need that we have uh, many, in many places in the world. And at the same time, they are often um, not tuned in to what their clients really want to focus on in terms of impact with their capital in places in the world that need it. So um, give us, a, could give our audience a couple of examples of places that you've actually seen uh, these needs and are going to be exploring how to help deal with them. Well, I was really inspired by the Center for Sustainable Finance and Private Wealth in Zurich uh, that I got my cert certification from. And they have the mandate of really providing investor education toward impact investing uh, because a lot of times clients actually don't know where to start, right? Or how to build a portfolio or where are the companies that they can invest in or what are the metrics that they should use? And uh, it's, a, it's a small center, but I, but I really appreciate the fact that they're, they focus on value-based investing and using the UN SDGs as a framework to start the conversation, right? about what you believe in as a client or, and, 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 and to go from there, right? And so that's really important to kind of reframe the conversation um, about impact investing. And I find here in Europe, which is why the institutional alliances are so important because it's often in like the Center for Sustainable Finance or at HEC Paris, where I'm currently a, master's student that you find investors, right? So I that's see. why here in Europe, you really do have, it's, it's better to be aligned with an institution because that's where you can reach the investors. And as an advisor, um, then you have to come with the experience of either I think the on the ground experience or the experience of work in, working in the emerging markets um, because it is quite common for investors to not have the knowledge of what is available in Latin America or Asia or Africa. Um, right. And often they think it's a risky investment just because the ecosystem is different or maybe because of the politics, right? And so, it's, so it does take investor education um, I do believe, but I also believe if you start with the framework of value investing in the UN SDGs, um, that's a good good place to start, right? Uh, but I but I really do think it takes uh, a lot of education on both sides with advisors and investors. Uh, okay. I uh, really I think in terms of advisors, it's. Uh, it's really important to have the on the ground experience to really see the effects of um, what are the results of impact investing. How, uh, when, when we speak about metrics, what exactly are the metrics? How, how many people have access to clean water? Or um, so, so, so that's really important to get this point across, I think. And, and uh, that, so that's where you would find the, impact investors here in Europe. I see, okay. So there's a number of global frameworks, including the UN SDGs that you reference in your work. 
and that advisors and investors all over the world now are tuning into. That's the, uh, the, in addition to the UN SDGs, there's the UN PRI, the UN Global Compact. You reference EUROCIF, Responsible Investment Strategies in your work. Uh, and sometimes financial advisors, at least here in the US, get confused about all of these different frameworks that are out there. Uh, what, are the criteria from, for these different frameworks similar? Are they really different depending on where you practice or where the assets are being deployed from? Um, tell us, talk to our advisor audience a little bit about that. Mm -hmm. uh, so I like using the UN Global Compact. Um, I also like IRIS is a, is a great tool from, from GIN, the Global Impact Investing Network. Yes. Uh, and also the impact multiple of money, um, I, I find is widely used here. So I would say IRIS, the impact multiple of money, which was created by the RISE Fund and the mm -hmm. Rich and Group, right? Um, that That is a really great framework in order to identify and you know, target social outcomes. And you can also estimate the economic value of those outcomes. So I, so I use that quite a lot and my colleagues do also. Pulse mm -hmm. um, is also another one. It's a portfolio management tool and it's, so it's preloaded with, with the IRIS metrics. Um, I, would, I would really say it depends on kind of what you feel most comfortable with. Uh, so US SIF is not widely used uh, because it's mostly focused on the US. Right. Uh, but I would say GIN, uh, the Global Impact Investing Network is very widely referenced here. Um, and Aisha, I'm going to jump in here. What is the last framework or, or platform that you referenced? Um, I'm not familiar with that one. Well, could you give us the name again? And maybe you could send a link that we could include in the podcast as an, uh, on, in Bright Talk as an attachment that people can use to reference it. Okay, sure. It's, it's called Pulse and it's a portfolio management tool actually and it and it become it it comes preloaded with the iris metrics i see okay um, so, so so that's if, if you're in portfolio management um it's it's quite common to use good and, but it's but it's all but we use iris quite often i would think iris and the global impact investing network uh we're always checking the eu Kind of a green deal, which we're going to speak speak about soon, right? Right. Um, so, so that's so so they're all very much related. And what's what's great here about Europe is that the framework is is becoming more universal across the region. Um, so, you know, me being in Paris, I can speak to my colleagues in Germany <laughs> or. Uh, you know, Spain or Italy. So, so, so that's good. Is that we, we, uh, we have a framework that we can actually reference as advisors and in, in the industry, and uh, that is really propelling the industry forward very quickly here in Europe. And that's 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 something I look forward to for the U.S. And uh, because it does provide a regulatory framework, well, the Green Deal provides one that solidifies impact investing in a way. So in right. a, it makes it more 
relevant, right? Because it's such a smaller aspect of uh, sustainable investing, and and it's it's really important to to provide a framework for it. So, how how is the the EU Green Deal uh, now that we're talking about it um, providing a uh, a platform, if you will, for public and private market capital to be integrated into ESG investment strategies. Can you talk a little bit about that, please? Mm -hmm. So the EU Green Deal has done an incredible job at, uh, just as a response to climate change, right? So it really focuses on the transition to a carbon neutral economy and for innovation in Europe, the consequences are going to be amazing because uh, the fiscal uh, policies that they can deploy and carbon pricing, and it's also going to have the benefit of protecting the European labor market. So in terms of ESG strategies, uh, it provides a big, huge impetus uh, to clients if, if they want to uh, kind of see that more in their portfolio. So I, so I really think the Green Deal is it, in terms of a carbon neutral economy is, is um, something that is for advisors. It really solidifies the ESG integration strategy into our portfolio. So Terrific. Uh, yeah, so so that's that's something that the Green Deal and it's and it's still being created. I mean, the taxonomy they have working groups um, in March 2021. All asset managers will be required to disclose the ESG strategies that they use um, in their portfolio management. So, so that is something that is really pushing the well all of the sustainable finance industry forward. And, and it's, it's great to see it's just the beginning, right? And I'm always looking forward to seeing the same in the States. Um, so with the new Biden administration, we might see that. Yes, so. well, we, I certainly hope so. But before we go to the Biden administration and what they're planning for the US, can you give our audience an example of an ESG mission-driven enterprise that would meet ImpactVest's criteria for inclusion for um, global equality and equity, as well as the mobilization of capital focused on sustainable growth? Sure, so for ImpactVest, what we're really focusing on are um, kind of the GIN, the Global Impact Investment Network kind of four tenants, which they specify as setting metrics and targets related to impact, right? Mm -hmm. And really monitoring and managing this uh, global impact. And so what is really important for companies to do is to be able to describe what their impact is and also to describe it in metrics because we want to be able to mobilize capital and get it to the people who need it the most, but we also have investors who need to see the metrics, who need to see the returns and who, and who really need to see kind of 
what the direct effect of their capital is going to be. So uh, what we are focused on is direct global impact and matching impact investors and early stage startups from the emerging markets to be able to kind of be matched on values-based uh, metrics. So if, a, if you have an emerging company and you are really passionate about solving an issue or solving a, a challenge uh, that you see around you, uh, these are the companies that, that we're looking for who can, who can really describe this in terms of metrics and, and who really want to see a change on a global scale and also investors who want this change as well. Great. So now let's move on, as you were saying, referencing before to the potential regulatory environment in the US under the incoming Biden administration. And how will any changes that are achieved, in your opinion, accelerate the pace of corporate sustainability metrics integration, not just in the US and Europe, but all over the world? Well, I'm very happy that uh, the U.S. is going to rejoin the Paris Agreement. That, that is very good news, um, especially because uh, the U.S. is the second largest emitter of carbon emissions. And so mm. that's, that's very good news for uh, the, the globe and for the EU, the Asia, Latin America. Uh, I would also think because I've worked in the public sector, I'm really interested in what um, the agencies like Moody's and SMP, are they going to make the same change? They're, so we can see it in government, but are we going to see it in the private sector? Are we gonna see it on Wall Street? Are we going to see it in private equity? This is, this is what's really um, needed, I think. I see. Well, because it's redeploying private, private assets and private equity into impact investing. Um, so, so it's great on the government level. I think if there can be a kind of U.S. Green Deal and we can move toward a carbon neutral economy, that's, that's always great. It's, it's, you know, we're on the right path. But the change really has to come from the private sector. They, they really have to kind of move past exclusionary and even past ESG into impact. Right? Okay, so what social impact measurement tools that are being used in the EU sustainable business taxonomy development uh, do you believe can be applied to social impact workplace issues, for example, in the US, issues like corporate diversity, inclusion, and racial pay and opportunity equity? Well, I will speak about the impact multiple of money again, because I'm a big fan of this metric. Okay. Um, and in particular, I like it because it, it focuses on calculating the social return on every unit of capital that's spent. And so it really makes you think about uh, what is the social benefit, the social return on capital? What is the direct effect? Um, and that can be applied, I think, in terms of workplace diversity, uh, because what really has to happen, I think, even in terms of green finance, sustainable investment is that there has to be a new paradigm that's created in terms of 
what exactly is finance and what exactly is investment, right? Even kind of the term impact investment, that, that should already be a given, right? Or green finance, all finance should be green finance actually, right? So, so, that, so, that, so when we speak about workplace diversity and we speak about CSR measures, um, it should just be understood, right? That we should be thinking about what are the social implications of uh, investment or capital or um, any kind of measurement or policy that's put into place, right? Um, so, it, so, it's, so it's really creating a new paradigm into integrating all of these factors. Uh, in, in, and that is also an area that I'm very interested in and in terms of launching impact vests is, is this new paradigm of starting to integrate all of this into a financial model and into investment in general, right? Mm -hmm. um, that we don't even have to speak about a spectrum anymore, right? Um, that it is, it is just kind of close to impact investing, right? Sustainable investing or um, right in impact investing. So, so, so I, I do think, you know, when, when we speak about diversity measures, just the fact that we're, we still have to speak about it means that there is a problem with the paradigm, right? That, that, it, that it should just be there. It should just be diverse. It should just be um, this sort of understanding that, that, that we should have a diverse workplace and CSR measures should be able to reflect this, right? So. Yes, I, I completely agree with you. and and. Uh, um, fortunately, it seems like there are there is movement in that direction, both in the U.S. and, of course, in Europe, which is uh, setting the standards for for the whole world. Where else you know, uh, in the world of finance and sustainable finance uh, do you see opportunities for this type of impact-focused development? Uh, where else in the world might we see things? begin to develop in that direction in the near future? Well, I, well, I have spent a lot of time in the emerging markets and uh, currently in Africa is, is a huge opportunity for impact investing. Mm -hmm. Actually about 40% of impact funds are invested in Africa and it's, and it's going to increase I think by 50, 60%. Um, so, uh, there is a huge opportunity there also in Latin America uh, because there's, there's a lack of traditional financing um, and that's kind of where you see a lot of the global challenges, right? So, so it's often in my service, I often saw it's the individuals and companies who are closer to the problem or closest to the problems who who know how to solve them right they're 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 there they they just need access to financing and they need the pipeline so um so that's what i'm building with impact this i'm building the pipeline uh because that's where we'll find the solutions for the un sdgs and that's where uh, we can see huge growth and in impact investing um what is what is interesting in asia they have uh, the highest amount of wealth uh, in the world, right? Um, and, and, but 
at the same time, about 10% of impact funds are invested there, right? And so there's a real lack of ESG products in Asia. Um, and again, there is the there is no pipeline, right? There, it's it's actually very hard for companies to find financing or impact investors uh, who who will truly be partners with them in their growth. So I think, but I think in terms of the largest opportunities, they're in Africa and Latin America. Definitely, there's there's huge growth there in terms of innovation, in terms of companies who. Uh, who have the solutions to uh, clean energy and and uh, climate change, but but they just need the pipeline. They need access to the impact investors, um, and and also they need the business education. Uh, they so so it's all of these things that go into it, right? If if we can really provide the framework for companies to bring their products and services forward um, and redirect more private equity into impact investment, uh, there we, we can see such a change and such a positive change uh, in terms of the UN SDGs and we'll be closer to reaching our target in 2030. Right? Terrific. So, I really want to thank you for taking the time today to bring us up to date on what you're doing at Impact Vest and also on the opportunities that are out there in impact investing through the GIN, through Pulse, and through multiple other platforms, as you've said, Asia, that are available for both private and public. Uh, market investors. I think it really has the potential to reshape the future and we can build new paradigms in terms of investment. Uh, so I'm I'm uh, really active on LinkedIn with ImpactVest and uh, we are launching our app next year, which is the beginning of the pipeline and we'll be looking for startups uh, to list themselves on the app and impact investors. So if you want to sign up on the app and find some amazing companies to invest in. We're looking forward to it. And what I would like to do in a year or two is actually to build an impact fund. Uh, so the real purpose is to redeploy capital and to redirect capital into companies. Okay. Thanks again, Asia Williams uh, and Impact Vest. And to our listeners, please join us again next week for another episode. I'm Paul Ellis, your host for the Sustainable Finance Podcast.